Good morning. This is the Bottom Rock Podcast. Today, I'm back at home in the friendly abode, and I am here with Adam Tate, as promised. Adam, welcome. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. So, uh, you made the trek out here to Port Coquitlam. Thanks all the way from Port Moody on an early Sunday morning. I appreciate it. We've been looking to do the podcast for a few months now. Um, to give a bit of history, we originally met uh, during flag football way back in 2014 uh, when I first moved here to Vancouver. Uh, we were playing out at UBC uh, and then we kind of stayed in touch um, through sports, through fantasy football, stat sharing and strategy sharing and um, through different uh, injuries and, and rehab and, and just life events. Yeah. Uh, I know that we've had some similar journeys with uh, some different stressful events, uh, career development, financial changes, and um, we're here to talk about that today, and we will yeah, get into it. Sounds good, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been, I can't believe it's been almost 10 years. Yeah. That's a long time. We've been friends for a while. Yeah, um, flag football, got paired up on the on the same team, and and then because I thought I was a hot shot because I played high school football, I ended up uh, hurting my calf like right away before even the first game started, and you started treating me, and we I've been a client, and we've been friends ever since. Yeah, it's been uh, great. We went to uh, some events together, and uh, now watching you transition into a different career. I know you've been extremely analytical and dedicated to sports, and now you're um, dipping your toes into becoming a hockey scout. You spent your first uh, season last year uh, working with the group, uh, moving from film industry now into a, a very successful career doing that. Still doing that and now transitioning and uh, and now leaving the lower mainland and, and heading into... Alberta and oil country, where you're, you might have to change your colors. Not going to change the colors. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I started uh, scouting draft eligible, uh, NHL draft eligible uh, players in the WHL. Uh, last year was my first season uh, working with a website called McKean's Hockey. Um, so yeah, that was my rookie year last year and uh, doing it again this year. Uh, I'll be doing it from a different location because... Uh, my girlfriend and I are moving to Edmonton at the end of August. It's a big change. Big change. Big change. Big change. Um, looking forward to the new adventure. Uh, sad to be leaving the Lower Mainland. Sad to be leaving Vancouver. I've been here since Easter weekend, 1999. Um, so that's a long time. Like, I've spent most of my life here. Um, but at the same time, looking forward to uh, the new adventure, looking forward to seeing some, some new faces and some new places. Yeah, and you're confident with the move, uh, confident with moving forward with it. You can see it in your dialogue and communication around the planning of it. It it's all seems very positive um, because you've been through a ton of things. And um, so I'm 39 turning 40. Uh, you're into the second half of 40. Yeah, yeah. Uh, closing in on 50. And 
with the treatment and, and people uh, in their 20s that come in for treatment, they get really confused towards the, the later 20s. Uh, into the 30s, they seem to be getting um, slightly confident, but then they get shook from different stressful events. So I've kind of summarized the decades when people are like, what is happening in the 20s? I'm like, hey, man, the 20s are treacherous. The relationships, the jobs, the money challenges, learning how to pay bills, how to do your taxes, how to structure different percentages, understanding then what, like, 20% of your income is, is a tough challenge. Um, the relationship you get into where you think you're going to marry somebody or have a family with somebody and then like the rug gets pulled out from under you two or three times. Moving across provinces or countries or all continents, some people. Um, f- family development like value systems, you start learning actually what values are, like the 20s, education, like college, university, postdoc, like postgrad stuff, if you go that route, like all kinds of things. Like the 20s are treacherous. They're, they're not just treacherous, it's, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to Vancouver from the suburbs of Montreal for a girl who I thought I was going to marry and have a family with and be with forever and ever. Um, We had about a two-year run, and then we split up. Um, And it was tough. And my family was like, well, are you going to come back out east? And I was like, no, I kind of really like it out here, despite... The despite things ending with with that with that girl and everything like that, I was like, I kind of want to make a run of it out here and and see what my life will lead me to out here. But I mean, I had no idea what I was doing in my twenties. I started school. I stopped school. I worked a bunch of different crappy low end jobs. You know, I had no idea what to do with any little money that I had. You know, it was just such a confusing and exploratory time and not really knowing what to do or what comes next. And uh, I, I don't want to call it a wasted decade because you learn from everything that happens. Um, but I, but I feel like that was just sort of me floating around that decade just cause I didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, uh, like cultivation, a lot of like, uh, uh, thinking about landscaping, a lot of just like t- tearing down like the shrubs that like just clearing a lot of uh, mess out. So you haven't really made a lot of progress, but you learn what doesn't help you out. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like you're preparing the soil. Yeah, you know, because like you're not really growing anything, you haven't really planted any seeds, but you're. You're 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 hoeing and you're digging and and you're and you're preparing for what will come next. Yeah, and that's where people then leading into your thirties, you're like, oh, now I'm confident. I cleared that area. I got rid of that relationship. I got this degree. Now I'm settled into this city. Now I'm gonna grow. Onwards and upwards. I'm making strides. The, but then things happen. You have predicted it. I remember moving here 2014, so I'm 31, 
and people were saying to me, this is so risky. You just moved from Toronto to Vancouver. And I, I thought I was confident with that. I was like, that's not risky. I calculated it. I had enough aeroplane points to fly back and forth. I did all the algorithm things like, no, oh, I just need this much for rent. I cut back on this. I did this. Now I'm paying the bills and now I got this part-time job. It's I'm, I'm set. I'm good. It wasn't risky. But then, so I, I've been saying that the 30s are contemplation of like what is real because uh, what is what is happening? Like you think you know an outcome. And that's where we try to, like, sports is is very helpful with that. We think, uh, like, you're a Bengals fan. We think they're, you've been through it. I'm yeah. a Bills fan. Like, we've been through it. We th- or Canucks. Yeah. President Trophy winner. Heading into Game 7 back in 2011. Back at home. I know I flew across the country that day for Game 7. There's no way they're going to lose three in a row. At home in Canada, the whole country's watching. There's no way you can lose to Boston. And then you lose. Still haunts me. Terrible. <laughs> right? Still haunts me. So, like, the 30s are, like, contemplation with a mix of, like, cause and effect, expect the unexpected. Well, and it's so funny, too, because I went from sort of dead-end jobs and in and out of school and trying to figure out what I want to do. And, and one day, like, I had this, like, light bulb moment which happened in my early 30s. Uh, I'd been studying photography uh, and doing that kind of thing and always had tried to be, you know, creative writing and stuff like that. And I drove past, I didn't drive past, I was on the bus uh, sitting there looking out the window. We drove past this movie set. I think it was probably actually for iRobot. Um, it was uh, along Granville Street and... And I saw the the hubbub and everything going on, and I was working at a video store at the time, studying photography, trying to write creatively, and I was just like, oh my god, like, I'm always trying to tell stories with my photography, and I'm always trying to make my writing more illustrative, you know, and, and, and really sort of show something. And I was just like, you take those together, and that's that's what that's what movies are. That's what that's what filmmaking is. It's it's visual storytelling. And, and I was like, well, I, I already work at a movie store. Like, I work at a video store. Like, why shouldn't I go and do that? So that was like a light bulb moment for me. And from that point onwards, like, I, I, I saved up some money and I went to Vancouver Film School. And I did that. Um, and then over time, that led to me being a, a PA on set. Um, and I did that for a number of years. Um, and I enjoyed it. And you enjoy it to a point. It's long days. It's long hours. You don't really have much of a life outside of the show that you're on. Um, and then one day I, I got hurt. I had a knee injury. And basically after some things that went on with surgeries and stuff like that, basically I had to get off my feet. And so then there's a big change. What do I do? Um, and so I sort of struggled with that for a while. And eventually a friend who was working in the visual effects uh, industry, which is just all the computer-generated stuff in movies or like that, turned me on to the idea that I could probably do something in that. Um, so I did some research, and I got hired as like basically like a runner at a company in Vancouver. And from there, 
I learned that I could probably be in what they call production, which is the organizational side of it. And I've been doing that for almost 13 years. And I went from like the very lowest rung of the ladder in a company. And I've worked for, I don't know, three or four companies now at least. And now I'm a producer. I'm an associate producer. So I'm basically like the number two on a show for the organizational side of it on any project that I'm on. Uh, I'm not the, the big boss, but I also don't want to be the big boss yeah. in this. So, you know, again, from sort of floating around my 20s, not really knowing anything to sort of preparing for this moment where I had this light bulb, bing, go off my head, getting into filmmaking and everything like that. And then having life happen and having to transition, but still maintaining something in the industry that at the time I loved. Yeah. So, and now here we are and I'm looking to transition out of that industry. When did you realize you didn't want to be the big boss? Um... Probably about three years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to close friends in the industry. We'd be having a barbecue at someone's house or whatever and talking about the things that we wanted to do when we got to the upper levels. And I used to want to run a studio. I wanted to like, not just like run like a show or a movie. I wanted to run like the studio. I wanted to be like in charge of having multiple shows going on at the same time. Um, and just over time the industry just kind of wore me down and just sort of made me realize that I I didn't want to do that anymore in fact I barely wanted to do the thing that I'm doing now (laughs) and and then now you're heading into scouting so um, so keeping now on to track with uh, the 30s how would you summarize the 40s so far on that back half of it? So I'm 47 now. Mm-hmm. Um, you just turned 47 turned, just over a year, a month ago. Yeah, I turned 47 back in June. Mm-hmm. Um, the 40s really felt like a, a time of growth for me. Um, as much as the 30s sort of were about figuring out what I wanted to do, where I wanted to be how to do that and then starting on that journey you know that sort of like that uptick in the in the graph um the 40s has sort of been a continued growth because at that point um you know pretty knowledgeable experienced in the industry that i'm that i'm working in uh continuing to see shows and do shows and learning with every single one of them and getting more experience getting promoted making more money, and just, like, a continued uh, growth um, up through sort of, like, my mid to late 30s and through my 40s, it's all been growth. Um, the growth starts to slow down at a certain point in my industry just because there's only so many more spots ahead of where I'm at now that I can go to. Um, but that doesn't mean that the experiences haven't stopped and that I haven't stopped learning. But the funny thing is that as I've gotten older, I've started to learn what's more important for me in my life and not so much what's important for my work. Work is a component of my life. It doesn't have to be the be-all and end-all, and for a long time it kind of was. I wouldn't consider myself a workaholic because I think that the definition of a workaholic is someone who uses work to avoid life. I just think that I worked too much. And 
now that you're you're changing that kind of value system into more life, are you still kind of calculating as much as we did in our 20s and early 30s to go into that next transition, moving to Edmonton and getting into scouting? I think I, I think it depends on who you are as a person. I've always been a very analytical person. Mm-hmm. I've always been someone that always tries to put a lot of thought into my moves and consider all the different variables and look at it from a lot of different directions. Um, so yeah, so like I've been doing the calculus on getting out of visual effects and getting into hockey scouting. Uh, and I've been doing the calculus along with my girlfriend of the move from Vancouver and the lower mainland to Edmonton. Um, you know, and it's, it's something that's constantly evolving as you get new information. Um, it changes some of your decision making, but as long as the overall thrust of your initial choice, you're still on point with that, and all the information you have leads you still to be in that direction, then, then you're good, you know. But yeah, uh, constantly analyzing, analyzing everything. Yeah. Which also helps with the scouting. <laughs> and now, um, we've talked about this kind of like off off the mic and over the last few months and years actually the some of the challenges in, in sticking on the decade thing of like the 20s to the 30s into the 40s so and and the landscaping theme of clearing the area in the 20s kind of almost like sowing and then uh, planting the seeds like the career and the relationships of the value system in the 30s and now you're seeing that actual garden growth, uh, the growth in the 40s where you're actually kind of like the tomato plants outside, tying those up to the, to the support systems, uh, starting to maybe see the, the blossoming of the, the plant, but you haven't had the usable fruit yet, the actual tomatoes or watermelons. Um, so hopefully that kind of... And I hear that from people who are in their 60s, that they actually didn't make money until they're, and like actually reap the benefit of their dedicated, committed, uh, and settled hard work in their 30s and 40s. Because uh, most of them, like the guy who built Rona, he didn't start doing that job until 39. Mm-hmm. And then built Rona in his 40s, and then is now uh, in his 70s, like re- reaping that. Yeah. Um, but the biggest challenge and we talked about is like the repeated events like uh so i know that you've you've quit smoking mm-hmm. and and to go back to the previous podcast with margaretta she quit drinking after a while and now she's like strong in that uh behavior and ability now at her age of of not drinking is kudos to her uh sometimes like on that bottom rock or in our life we we keep going back to it we keep getting that repeated event of like okay i stopped smoking or i stopped drinking or now i've committed to the physical health um behavior because i know this is better but then something comes up and we uh it gets really agitating and and that's part of the tough because you go backwards they say, oh, you know, like two steps forward, one step backwards kind of thing. That's really annoying in, in our in our day-to-day life. <laughs> yeah. Right? It can be, for sure. Well, and it's and it's funny the, the, with the smoking thing because uh, 
it all sort of ties in like again I'm 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 about to start over again awesome. uh, not with the smoking thing I I quit smoking 3 years ago right as the pan- pandemic was starting in North America and I haven't touched a, a cigarette since and I don't really have any desire to at least not today um and so there's there's this thing where I I started smoking in my mid 20s which is a really late time to start smoking basically by the time my sort of athletics stuff was done and I sort of like fell into the sort of more sort of sedentary lifestyle uh you know getting up and going to school or getting up and going to work and not really being an athlete anymore uh barely working out barely doing anything and then you know at the end of the day have a couple beer with your buddies and one guy's a smoker and you have too many beers you're like eh let me have one and then that starts to become a habit of, oh, let me have one or two every time you guys hang out. And next thing you know, you're sharing a pack. Next thing you know, you're buying your own packs. And all of a sudden, you're a smoker. And both my parents smoked when I was younger. And I thought it was the dumbest thing. Because they were paying so much money to kill themselves a little bit faster than everybody else. So for me to become a smoker was, was sort of a very strange thing. But it, it just it happened. Um, and I smoked for a really long time, like almost 20 years, like basically most of my adult life, I was a smoker. Um, and yeah, I tried to quit a bunch of times. Um, and in terms of like really seriously quitting, I think this was probably my third or fourth very serious attempt at quitting and it finally stuck. That being said, it's still something like margarita and the drinking it's it's something that i i don't think about it every day i don't make the choice not to do it every day um but there are definitely times in my life when things are stressful where you think about that old crutch um or sometimes there's just days where you're like oh man you know a smoke could go really good with whatever it is that i'm doing Mm -hmm. um but i don't ever want to go back to that because I'm addicted to nicotine and I know if I go back that slippery slope is real slippery real quick so two things there with uh, so I don't lose my train of thought is that I there's a great opportunity to address with people one did you see the emotional connection with smoking was there was it like a a hug was it like a a crutch what was what kind of a support system was it at the time? That's number one, and then number two, uh, it, it it reminds me of a conversation this week with somebody who came in asking for motivation. She was like, "I just need to get motivated to get out of this sadness. Uh, I need motivation. Like, give me motivation. Uh, like, I can't give you motivation." Yeah. Um, was it was would you say and people kind of connect those and they say oh no I need motivation to stop drinking or smoking or get healthy again but that seems like it's something that's never found it's like it's uh is it motivation or what is the what is it that makes you commit to that like habit well removing that habit removing the habit is definitely the hard part uh to address the first part of the question uh, smoking was like my best pal. It was it was always there. 
you know, if I'm having a bad day, it's there for me, you know, I can go and have a couple of cigarettes and get that hidden nicotine and, and just sort of like clear my head for a minute and just remove myself from the situation that is making me stressed. Um, or if I'm not stressed, I'm having a good day. It's like an additive to that good day. You know, it's like, ah, there's this, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this cigarette. No one ever really enjoys a cigarette. They just think that they do. Um, but it's like, if I'm going for a walk, you know, hey man, how far away are you? I'm like a two smoke walk. Okay, cool. I'll see you in like, you know, 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's that thing where it was just always there. It could, you know, it was, whether it was raining, whether it was snowing, whether it was a sunny day, you know, it didn't matter. I had, I had my, my little pal that I could just go and, and remove myself from any situation or add to a situation if it was a good time. Um, but like, I could feel it. Like, especially like as it got close to like 20 years, you could really feel it. Like you could feel it in the lungs, you know, you can feel it like getting headaches and stuff like that. And not just from the withdrawal of nicotine, but having too much nicotine. And like some nights, like I'd go to the bar and have like almost a pack of smokes. And I wasn't like a big like pack of smoke, pack a day smoker. I was maybe like a half pack. But the next morning, just feeling up, waking up and feeling terrible. And not because of the drinking so much, but because of the amount of smoking that I did along with the drinking. Um, and I think that is to address the second part of the question is stuff like that that really started to motivate me to not want to do it. Um, like feeling the pain. Just feeling the pain and feeling like I could feel my body like depressed, like like not at its optimal level because of what I was doing to myself, right? Just to feed that urge, to feed that addiction, to feed that addiction to nicotine. Um, and so I started switching to like, I tried to, I tried to vape, didn't like it. Uh, I did nicotine mints. Uh, I did the patch for a while. I tried all these different things. I tried reading books about not smoking. And like literally like the books on not smoking are like, smoke while you read this book. By the time you're done the book, you won't want to smoke. That's great. I read that book like four times. It didn't stop. Um, and it's only until you really want to stop that, that it actually happens. And then it's literally like, a, you got to take it day, day by day. And the first couple of weeks are really tough. And I knew I was agitated, not in a good place. I can only imagine how it was for my girlfriend because I can be a bit much at the best of times. <laughs> Is there a piece of advice you would give to people who are trying to stop that habit? Honestly, it's, how to stick to it? it's literally just taking it day by day and just being like, okay, this is a, this is a situation where I would normally smoke. I'm stressed out, you know, especially the first couple of weeks, you're just stressed out, period. I quit as the pandemic was taking hold in North America when everybody was getting sick and we didn't know what was going to happen. And everybody in my office, we all switched to working from home. And that was like a big no, no for me. Cause I always, I stayed at the office till 10 o'clock at night sometimes because I never wanted to bring work home with me. And here I was having to like literally bring work home with me and have it there with me every day, not just for like an hour on a Sunday, but like every day, like 10 hours a day. That was my usual work day. And so stressed out because of the pandemic, stressed out because I'm doing the one thing I didn't want to do, which was work at home and I'm trying to quit smoking. 
But I think part of it too was, was because of the pandemic, because of the fact that I had a lot to do with the lungs and everything like that. I was just like, I can't get sick. And I especially can't get sick like this because my lungs aren't working at optimal capacity. If something happens, I might be in serious trouble even though I'm not an elderly person. I probably have the lungs of someone 20 years older than what I actually was. So it just like, it was like, I wanted to quit. I tried to quit. There was a confluence of things that was just like, okay, like you just got to stop and just today, just stop. Yeah, it kind of blends that, um, a few things like, as you're saying that give your blending a few kind of th- motivational theories of, uh, be in the present so give yourself the present day of even with me with committing to the running um or getting to a higher average of movement on the day of just give yourself that gift of the day of okay i'm going to give myself a smoke-free day i'm going to give myself an alcohol-free day a depressed free day how getting out that door even if it's pouring buckets and going for a quick jog or anything and then that's the compounding interest yeah um sometimes it was as easy as grabbing a bottle of water and going for a 10 minute walk because i would have gone outside and gone for that walk and had that cigarette in that walk but instead i used water as a substitute which you know it's a pretty good substitute (laughs) um and just went for that walk anyways and so at least i'm still giving myself that break from that stressful situation or enjoying the fact that it's a nice sunny day out on the seawall and going for like a 10-15 minute walk. Um, so I was still doing the things that I always did because that's one of the things is that sometimes they talk about avoidance. You know, if you only smoke when you're out drinking with your friends, then don't go drinking with your friends. And I'm like, yeah, that's... I like to go and see my friends yeah. and if we want to go watch a ball game and have a couple of beers and have a burger... I still want to do that. I just don't have to partake in that other part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's the part where you work on it every day. Now, here I am three years later. I rarely think about it. But on the days that I do, I got to work the steps. I got to be like, okay, cool. Acknowledge the fact that you want to do this, but know that you're doing yourself the best you possibly can by not doing it. Grab a bottle of water, go for that little walk. You fill your brain with something else for 10 minutes that urge goes away we're good yeah and you mentioned um you, you felt yourself kind of your body dropping into depression and the lower energy tougher to breathe i know you've listened to the podcast i know you heard the concept a few different times now of the mental health zones mm-hmm. would you say it like put you into zone two yeah. Or, and you wanted to talk about the mental health zones. For sure. I, I, I like the mental health zones. I find, I find them interesting and fascinating because it sort of aligns with kind of how I look at things a little bit, but I'd never had someone put it into the, the sort of like the different zones like you have kind of thing. So I found it fascinating when I was listening. Uh, big fan of the show. Um, and, and so, yeah, like it definitely put me into, into two on a regular basis, especially like how I was feeling physically because I, I didn't feel like I could do the things that I used to do. I didn't feel like I could go for a jog. I didn't feel like I could 
run around and play basketball. Um, and of course, it also coincided with my with my knee injury um, and being less able to do things physically than I used to as well. And being less able to do things I used to be able to do, then you're smoking more and you're drinking more and then your body starts to feel worse and then you feel worse because your body feels worse so then you just keep doing the things that make you feel bad and the whole thing was just this like almost like self-fulfilling prophecy where you get down to two and sometimes I'd even drop down to one where I just didn't want to do anything like to the point of like depression and you know that's something that I know that everyone deals with and I know that you've had you've had some some struggles and we've all had struggles I've had a ton of struggles um and yeah like it definitely being a like a being a smoker and being not physically active sticks me in two and one all the time um I fight to get myself besides my day job besides work I fight to get myself out of like two into like three and even into four sometimes um all the time yeah um it's it's great to see people talking about uh talking about and verbalizing now uh recently there's been a few artists who have canceled their tours uh now they're claiming it's mental health Mm -hmm. or they just needed a break uh, or they had a health episode, they're calling it. But when you start getting into more of the details and people are sharing more, it's actually that they are more down. Um, and I actually saw and listened to a, a podcast. Tim Ferriss was talking about how he was uh, down, mm-hmm. the four-hour work week guy. Uh, so it's great to be sharing all that stuff. Yeah, everyone goes through it. If anyone says you don't, just keep living. Like, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think everyone struggles. There's going to be times. Yeah. There's going to be times. I think, I think no matter how high a functioning an individual you are or how successful you are, I think, and Tim Ferriss is a great example. Tim Ferriss is very successful. Um, I think that everyone goes through points in their life where they don't feel their best from a mental health standpoint. Um, it's definitely a struggle and it was a struggle for me throughout my 20s and 30s and even into my 40s um, I've known a lot of depression and and realistically there's 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 only a few ways that that really get me out of it um, and and a lot of it has to do with uh, again another thing that you sort of coined in the in the podcast the the ants the the automatic negative thoughts and like and like I struggle with that. It's funny because I struggled with it for a very long time, and it's only been in the last year or so that I've recognized how damaging it is to me, these thoughts that I have. Mm-hmm. So now I, I take them, and, and, I, and I just... I, I, I hear them, and I acknowledge them, but I acknowledge that they're, that they're likely not even correct because... I know that I've been hard on myself in my life and my automatic thing is to skew negative, especially towards myself. Um, and I just, and again, like I just, you do like this audit, you do this like self-evaluation and is this actually working? Is this actually helping me or is it holding me back? And so much of it has been holding myself back by, by allowing these, 
automatic negative thoughts to be the predominant thing. You know, it's like, it's funny, even just turning 47 a couple months ago, one of the things I did around that time was I stopped thinking of myself as being old. Yeah. I'm not old. 47 is not old. But I have spent the last bunch of years thinking of myself as old. Yeah. And I'm not. But I allowed myself to think that, which influenced how I behaved and influenced the things I wouldn't allow myself to do. And that's silly. Yeah, it's still quite fresh. Yeah. There's some gray in the beard, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Those are just stories. Yeah, Each one of those grays is just a story. Wisdom patches. Yeah. Um, so, you, and you mentioned, my brain is lighting off with the things, with the connections, um, with all of that. Mm-hmm. Of like, I could talk for like six hours with it all. Uh, and you mentioned the cigarette being your friend, your best friend. Mm-hmm. And zone two, and dropping into zone one, like you need that warmth, you need that support system. Yeah. And and even now, like with yes, COVID, you felt the pain uh, uh, of the body, and and you saw the risk of potentially being hospitalized if you got it, and going through. Uh, serious recovery or even death uh, on the end of the spectrum but then also your best friend now is also Brit Mm -hmm. like the the strong relationship is also now then helpful to keep it warm to keep yourself moving maybe not dropping all the way into zone one but moving into zone two and then like flirting with zone three and staying there uh and then the automatic negative thoughts, like the fish in the water analogy, like you don't know your environment. The fish doesn't know it's in water. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people, when you're talking to them about their pain and their, and their uh, like what their internal dialogue is, is some people don't think that they talk to themselves. And they, and um, there's been some research lately that's been coming out in some of the podcasts and some of the science saying like, oh no, only fifty percent of people actually have internal dialogue. I don't think that that's true at all. I think fifty percent are switched on, mm-hmm. and then the other fifty percent are switched off. They don't realize that they're talking in their head. Yeah. And those automatic negative thoughts are like, oh, I just became aware of this fact. In my, like this is. They have to internally communicate with themselves of, I need to go to Google Maps to figure out how to get to Starbucks, to the the grocery store, and then to downtown. Yeah. Like, that whole plan is an internal thought. Yeah. And and when they're choosing their route, or, and you can take it through all kinds of analogies and systems, but of, oh, I'm not going to go that way. Hastings sucks. Like... I don't want to drive by those crazies. Or I, oh, I'm not going to take Barnett Highway. I don't want to, like, that reminds me of my crazy ex's house or whatever. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Like, it's those automatic negative thoughts that just kind of drive you along your life. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I've been very aware of my internal dialogue. I don't want to call it monologue. I call it dialogue because I actually 
and actually talk to <laughs> myself. Um, and I'm very aware of it from a very young age, and, and it's and it's it's a very prominent thing in my life. And and again, so much of that dialogue was negative. Um, so I I just put myself in a negative place for a lot of my adult life just by listening to the things that I was telling myself about myself that were only true to me on the inside you know like like everyone else wasn't thinking these things about me no one else felt that way about me um you know and and once you get out of your own head a little bit and stop acknowledging these ants you know and 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 be like and push them back and be like no that's that's not true you know like you you are capable of being loved and i have someone who loves me now um and i didn't for a long long time and 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 i think that that was a a source of of great negativity for myself to myself um and it's just that that thing where you just gotta focus on the stuff that's good about yourself and focus on the things that you're doing that are good for yourself um and and let that be the thing um how angry do the ants get are they red fire ants on your performance at work or even in your home life uh sometimes they're the cold expression of anger (laughs) and they're just what i consider to be statement of fact um, which is like a colder expression of it. And sometimes like I would get really upset with myself about perception, my own personal perception of, of things um, and what I was doing in my life. Um, it was both and, and really just like not helpful. You know, now, now if something happens, I acknowledge it. But I'm like, okay, what did I learn here? How do I, how do I make this something that I can turn into something positive instead of just dwelling in the negativity of the thing that happened, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then now, so you've seen now the, the emotional and mental impact of the ants and the smoking and all that. Have you noticed any connections with your kind of physical body areas? Um, we've talked about before, like the phrenic nerve when stress hits in your neck your left side neck gets tight mm-hmm. into the shoulder mm-hmm. maybe a bit more heartburn um longer term stress like uh, the foundational stress like so heading into the move mm-hmm. how's your low back with the uh like the pelvic floor like you don't have to go into like bowels or another like but that kind of yeah. that sometimes happens where like the low back like l4 l5 the base of your spine it starts to get really dense and, and tight mm-hmm. uh, because it's connection to the muscles, but then on the front side of the spine, uh, it comes out of the spine and the, the nerve root and then splits into the front and back side. Uh, so there's a muscle side and then the, the organ side, and the organs will also then branch to the adrenal glands, like the kidneys sit on mm-hmm. top of the kidneys, uh, which then pulls the hip flexors. Um, so the back gets super tight, the hips get super tight. Um, that's the, like, femoral nerves and, um, um, for simplicity's sake for now, uh, how, how's your body doing 
uh, what have you noticed in the past? And then how are you going into it now, like heading into August, heading into the, the calculations, the calculus, careers, Alberta, scouting, career changes, finances, all that stuff. Like how's, how's your body? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I, I would have, even, <laughs> even six months ago, I would have told you that my body feels rough because I'm old. But that's not true. My body does feel a little rough, but that's because I'm inactive because I have a job that has me sitting at a desk 10 hours a day. So I have all the typical things that people who sit at desks all day have. Like I have like the, the tight hips and I have the, the lower back stuff and everything like that. And yeah, definitely uh, a lot of neck issues. And, and some of that stuff all ties into injuries that I've had in the past from accidents or athletics or whatever have you um but at the same time I'm a lot more aware of exactly what I'm feeling and it's not it's because when I was a smoker just my body just felt like crap period it just didn't feel good and well how would I do when I don't feel good I have a smoke because it helps it's that little warmth it's my buddy um, and now, uh, now I'm just a lot more aware of it. So I do a lot more stretching. I have, uh, like an electric desk that lowers and, and raises so I can stand more and I do that. But I also, I, I take, I take some longer walks and stuff like that and try and stretch things out and try and be a lot more aware of, of where my body is feeling sore and try and stretch that area out or, or massage it or whatever have you and just try and, and work through it. Like I went for, I don't know, like an hour and 20 minute long walk this morning before I came over here nice. um, just because it had been a couple of days since I'd been out for longer than 20 minutes walking the dog. Um, and it was a nice day. It wasn't too warm. It was sunny. And I wanted to get into the trails around uh, Rocky Point Park, just smell the water. I love the way water smells. Um, smell the trees, smell like the grass, like all that stuff really sort of centers me and makes me feel good. Um, so I try and do that as often as I can just because it's a good thing for me. I'm being physically active, even if it's at like the lowest level, I'm getting out and I'm moving my body instead of just sitting at a desk or sitting on the couch. Um, moving my body makes me feel good, whereas it didn't when I was... A smoker and when I wasn't feeling good so I went for a good long walk today what I consider a long walk um, smelling the trees smelling the water just like infusing positivity infusing good into my into my body and my brain and, and allowing me to sort of set my day with an intention of enjoying the day you know and not worrying about the things that are going to happen because stuff's going to happen I'm going to have to run a bunch of errands later on today there's going to be traffic. There's going to be people that, you know, aren't moving as fast as I would like them to move or whatever have you. And just like, just let it go. I'm not in a hurry. There's no reason for any of this to be stressful, you know, because I've infused myself with some positivity and some intention about not letting anything be a negative thing that doesn't have to be. Yeah, with the acronyms, it's a great way to get the more pets in your life, the positive, empowering thoughts. Yeah. Flick away those ants. Tell those ants to be quiet. Go away. They're not good pets. Yeah. And bring in the nice pets yeah. that you want. When I go for my when I go for my walk, especially in the trails, um, I try and just 
turn all the notifications off my phone. I just try and be present. Like, I don't even wear sunglasses when I'm in the trails. Like, I just I want to see everything for what it is. And I will literally, like, go and, like, touch the tree hmm. and just feel the wood. Like, I love, I love the feel of wood. It's, like, something that feels very natural to me and it reminds me of, like, when I was a kid going to, like, my grandparents' cottage and stuff like that. And every once in a while, you're, like, on the path, you end up walking along some wooden planks and stuff like that. And I love the way that, that feels. Um, and so it's just, like, yeah, it's the pets, you know. I'm just, like, taking the ants and, and getting rid of them and, and bringing the pets and allowing the good things, you know, in a calm, present manner to sort of infuse you and set your day with intention so that you can have a good day. Yeah, touching the trees... Especially around in BC, uh, the walks up and down um, Coquitlam River, Lighthouse Park, all over, those giant, like 100 foot tall trees, like 10 foot plus diameter, each tree is so unique. It's yeah. it, like you can almost like sense a different personality or like dialogue mm-hmm. from from the tree like it's a totally different vibration well, from each tree even feeling the power of the decades yeah, like that, what that tree has through. stood through you know um those storms like yeah, the, this, the what like all of it all of it and it just and it stood yeah you know and it didn't let it didn't let i mean you know eventually trees will fall and everything like that and that happens and you know eventually we'll all pass away you know that happens that's the cycle right mm-hmm. um but just for that moment to feel that tree and to feel the bark and to just enjoy being closer to nature, even if it's just a tree, you know what I mean? And some people might be listening to this and be like, what the hell are these guys talking yeah, about? Yeah, these guys, we didn't smoke anything. We didn't take <laughs> no. any gummies. No, 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 take no any mushrooms. Not even microdosing. <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> just, it just, it just, you know, it just, it feels good for me. It feels good to be out there in the woods touching some trees, smelling the water, smelling the, 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 the grass and everything like that. It just, just makes me feel good. Yeah. They communicate with one another through the whole root system. Like there's some amazing documentaries right now. Uh, I watched recently called trees about how they communicate to one another, even different species of the trees by releasing like different seeds and and like they're like the male female trees even mm-hmm. um which some people aren't even aware of uh of how they pollinate like apple tr- like it's very intricate with like orchards and everything like it's yeah. critical uh yeah so each one has a is i agree it yeah it's just amazing there's entire biospheres that unless you've studied it you're mm-hmm. not aware of right you know it's not just a tree no <laughs> it's not just a forest. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So therapeutic. It just kind of clears out your whole week. Um, two things moving forward. The so you you've had all kinds of positive movement with the relationship, the job, clearing out the ants, making connection with uh, with uh, clearing out the old dialogue. You know. You have so many, like, 47 more plus years ahead of you. Hope so. And is there, even if it's just the two of us listening to this podcast ever, 
long-time listener, first-time caller joke kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? Wanted to get that in there from when you said that. Uh, to kind of put something responsible on ourselves, is there a physical activity somewhere in the world or local that you want to do by 50? Yeah. Like uh, to set up that challenge? Like, you know, that's actually... Just under three years. It's not that far away, but it's also far enough away to set something up that's that's pretty unique and memorable to be like at 50 or in the year of 50, in the month that I turned 50, I did this. I've been doing that for 40. Mm-hmm. Um, is there is there something that you want to do that you can, you there, can put there, in there in the ether? There <laughs> is. Um, and sort of set an intention as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there, There is because it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was actually thinking about that um, sort of towards the tail end of my walk um, today just because um, so I'm 47 I'm in the worst shape of my life I'm just under 250 pounds I'm like just 5'8 so 5'8 250 pounds that's I'm a, I'm a bit of a big boy right now um, and I know it and I feel it Tick. and that's it yeah, you know, like like I feel that two hundred fifty pounds. I feel mm-hmm. it in my knee. That's been had some surgeries done to it. I feel it in my back. I feel it in my neck. I feel it in an ankle that I've had some problems with in the past. Like I feel it all the time, um, and I know I need to do something about it. And it does go away, though. I I've been up yeah. in that two fifty, like two fifty five range, two fifty six. Or 258 was my heaviest. Mm-hmm. I'm down around like 210. Uh, yeah, my ankle is... I don't have the issue there. Yeah. Hips, back, shoulders, neck. Of course. Uh, knee. Like, yeah. it do, Like it seems like, oh, that's my old ankle injury. Yeah. But it actually does go away. Yes, it totally does. No, and that's and the thing is too is that I've, I have yo-yoed throughout my, my adult life with my weight. Um... You know, once I once I started smoking and I stopped being active physically, uh, I put on a bunch of weight. I put on like I don't know forty pounds. I probably topped out at around two two twenty five, um, and then I'd had some knee surgeries at that time as well. And then I went and I just started going back to the gym because that's one of the things I loved. I loved I loved throwing weights around. Like I loved lifting, and it made me feel good and made me feel strong. You throw in a cardio component along with that, and I went from being 220 back down to, like, 170. Like, the thinnest I had been since, like, my high school and college days when I was playing football, when I was doing these things on a regular basis. Um, and then over time, as, as work became a bigger and bigger part of my life to the point where it was, like, the thing that was the biggest part of my life, I let all of the physical activity go. And over the years, I've just put on weight. Um, metabolism changes as you get older, you know. But I didn't maintain physical activity, so I've gotten heavy again. I've yo-yoed back the other way, so I went from being 170. I hit 169. I was like, I was like, wow. Like I fit into like a 32 waist jeans, like that hadn't happened in forever. And then I don't know. Over the last eight nine years. I've gone from 170 up to just under 250. That's a pretty big gain. Over time, it doesn't seem like that much. You know, if you like gain like 9, 10 pounds a year, it's not that bad necessarily. But 
I'm at the point now where I feel every pound of that almost 250 pounds and I know it needs to change. So to the point of, of sort of having like a goal for, for 50, which is, you know, just under, just a little under three years away, I, I want to get back to, to where I was. I don't, I don't need to hit that 169 again, but I definitely want to get to like that 180 range and that's a healthy amount of weight. That's 70 pounds. That's not a, a small amount. And it's going to take time. And it's going to be hard. And it's going to be hard because I am older. I'm not in my 20s anymore. I'm not in my 30s anymore. The metabolism has changed. Um, so it's going, to take, it's going to take a lot of work. But I'm okay with that because I've never been afraid of hard work. It's just been the motivation has always been the hardest thing for me. And you know that because well, you, you and I have been friends for a long time. So it's actually tying all that in, though, the of with the smoking and that, that lady this week, mm-hmm. the motivation, the, but also the dialogue of my, my, the metabolism changes. It changes a bit. Yeah. Uh, the motivation you're feeling the pain just like you felt the smoking now you're feeling the pain of the weight Mm -hmm. but first to get to that connection also what's the emotional connection of the weight so the cigarette was your best friend and I and I can share mine if you if you want before or after what what connection is the weight what is the weight so the your the cigarette was the the best friend. Yeah. So what is the weight to you? The weight the weight to me in some respects it's almost like it's almost like armor. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's like a protective me- like. Yeah. It's it's insulation. You know, it's it's protection. It's it's armor. It sort of keeps. It keeps me from from getting hurt. I'm so glad you made that connection. But but it's hilarious because it's so not needed. I know. <laughs> it's so not necessary. So then, to find the motivator, what connection? What is it protecting? You know what it is. I think for me, it's 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 protecting me from failure. Because what it is is that if I'm not trying to get myself back into shape, if I'm not trying to get myself to that point where I was previously, knowing how hard it was to do then, if I'm not trying to do that now, I'm not putting myself in areas where I might fail at something. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past, those ends, the failures were magnified. Now that I don't listen to the ants and I flick them away, as you like to say, um, failure now is just an opportunity to grow later, you know? Um, the biggest thing now is I just need to, to start. I just need to go. I need to make a routine. I need to make a plan. I need to analyze, make a plan, put that plan into action so I can make a routine of it to put myself in a chance, to put myself in a, in a position to be successful because... That's the only way it's going to work is if I build myself a routine and I build myself a plan, um, then I can act on that plan and there's going to be successes and failures in that plan. But I need to, I need to start. Well, you've already started. You, you sent me this week the picture of your lunches. Yeah. And so that's, to tie, again, to tie it all together, it's great. The, 
That's like the 20s. Like you're clearing out mm -hmm. the things that aren't serving you. Mm -hmm. Now you're planting the seeds. You, you got rid of the crap. Yep. Now you're planting the seeds of the healthy food. Yep. And now it's just tending to the garden. You can't you out-train out a bad diet. Exactly. Uh, and, and then you're getting the walks in. You're getting into nature. You're making that positive movement forward. Um, if the shield is still there. Yeah. So what... What do you think you need to 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 move through, like to walk without the shield, like to walk without feeling like you're gonna fail? Um, I think I think it's accepting that failure is a is a real possibility, but like not like the overall failure of oh I didn't lose the weight, just the 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 there's gonna be day to day things that happen. I, not every day is going to be a personal best. Not every day is going to be your best day at the gym or your best day at work or your best day in your relationship. Um, except that there's going to be days that don't go as well as you want them to. But don't sit in that failure. Don't sit in that negativity because that's what I, I used to do. Um, accept it. Take the opportunity to grow from it and move forward. And I think that that's, I'm, I'm right at that turning point right now with this thing that I want to do. Yeah. Um, uh, hilariously enough, it's coming just as I need to start really focusing on packing up house and moving to a new province. But the funny thing about that too is that as we've been looking for a place to live in Edmonton, one of the first things I do is I Google to see how far the nearest gym is. Mm. How far is the nearest grocery store? Because I want to make sure that we can get good food on a regular basis. And how far is the nearest gym? Because I don't want it to be too far that I put myself in a position where I don't want to go because it's too hard to get to. Right. Yeah. Well, when I had to lose the weight and then now sticking with the, the running, the failure is like all, it's not always just failure. It's about like not winning. Right. Like, to finish the race now okay cool I, I finish in 112th place great I finish in 118th place uh, um, that before would deter me from it like well I'm not mm -hmm. gonna win I'm not gonna go top 10 top mm -hmm. 50 mm -hmm. then I'm in it finally broke top 100 got down to like 88th mm -hmm. uh, but that's just more but then dropping like 32 minutes from last year, mm -hmm. 28 minutes from the previous race uh, from last year in the same course uh, or running around the neighborhood the in, in a particular way. So it's like focusing on self mm -hmm. to not knowing that I'm gonna, not going to fail. It's just doing that periodization training of like, okay, now where are my stats? And we can tie that in with like the sports and the analytics, like, where are my personal stats at? And I'm going to be improving my 5% yeah. growth. Yeah. My 5% change. Yeah. Um, that dropped my shield from, to be able to lose weight. Because I was just sick of being... Then in the... It, at like The very first run, I ended up in like 200 and like 52nd place. Like right. towards mm -hmm. the end. Uh, 
uh, or even just like getting winded around the playground with the kids like yeah i'm just not i don't want to do that that yeah. was my physical pain like yeah headaches way more headaches way more joint pain the clothes thinking that the dryer was shrinking my shirts like <laughs> even though they're not in the dryer I'm like yep. something's changing no mm. i'm just getting fatter yeah <laughs> it's the worst what happened to this fabric no no we're just getting sure. we're just getting thick <laughs> yeah yeah no it, and it's funny because the thing is so that, annoying that sense <laughs> i know trust me i know but the thing is that celebrate the fact that you even did that race yeah. it doesn't matter what place you came in celebrate now the fact is. that you did it right mm. of course yeah and, <laughs> and when when we were younger it was always about being in the first place right um i used to i used to have this mantra uh and and i almost like almost to the point where i want to get it like tattooed on me is is literally two words do better and that i used to use that almost like in a negative sense like do better like that wasn't good enough do better that wasn't you're not you're not fast enough you're not doing enough do better you know like negative 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 now now it's like I still use that mantra, but I, I use it, like, do better. Like, like infuse yourself with positivity. Infuse yourself with intent and allow yourself to go forth and do good. Not just in the world and with other people, but with yourself. You know, it's like, it's like do better for yourself to yourself. Um, and and, it, and it, the results will come, but the results almost don't matter as much as the process of actually doing something to help yourself. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. like you and like doing all these trail races and everything that you do now. And, and dude, like I didn't, I didn't see it coming and you started doing it. And at first I was like, why, what are you doing? And, and like, we never really talked about it, but I, but I followed along on, on Instagram and stuff like that. And now I'm like, yes, man, do it. Like get after it. And I love that you do it. Um, a little bit jealous, you know? Um, but I just, I love the fact that you're doing it for yourself as something that you can do to keep yourself physically active, um, something that makes you feel good, you know, and it's, there's a sense of accomplishment there. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if you're 118th. The fact that you finished that race, you did that thing, there's a lot of people that don't even come close to doing that thing. So celebrate that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even before we, if we be annoying and hyperanalyze it <laughs> the way we can. We've never done that. <laughs> Before you can do better, we have to choose better. Yeah. The the choice has to happen first. Yeah. Choose better. Then you can... The action is do better. Yeah. The ch you first choose better. Well, you do... And just be... You do better by choosing better. And then you be better. Right. Because that's the thing is that by choosing to, to not let the ants be the overriding factor in my brain and for me emotionally, I'm already choosing to do better, right? Mm -hmm. um, so then it's like, okay, you've cleared, you've cleared yourself some space. Now you need to use intent to do better to actually, you've, so, you know, you, you've cleared out all the, all the old stuff. Your, your soil is ready. It's time to start planting again and to come back to the, to the very beginning. Um, I'm at a point in my life where I'm 47, not an old man. I am now, I've, 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 I'm, re, you know, like, reseeded my life. 
Mm. I'm, I'm moving to a different province. I'm eventually going to take up a new job. Um, I'm now doing like basically like two full-time jobs. Mm. Um, but one of them is eventually going to just be the only full-time job that I do, which is the hockey scouting. Yeah. So I'm changing my career. I'm changing provinces. The, the only sort of consistent thing I have in my life is any kind of intent I put out into the world for other people as well as for myself. Um, and I need to take care of myself. I haven't been doing a good job of that, and that's clear based on looking at me. Um, but I also want to do better for Brit, for our relationship, you know? And there's a lot of things that, that I can continue to improve on, you know? And it's like that little bit, the progress principle, right? Just do a little bit every day, you know? Doesn't have to be big, massive changes. Doesn't have to be big, massive swings. You don't have to hit a home run every time, taking yeah. that back to sports. Yeah. But if you, if you work on it a little bit every day, eventually, over time, big changes. Things happen. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just about taking the time to, to put plans into place and start acting on it. And so to be... To clarify, what... Is there a, a physical activity that you want to do for 50? I don't think that there's necessarily a physical activity I want to do for 50. I think what it is is I want to feel good in my body. I want to feel capable. Yeah. Right? Right now, there's a lot of things I don't feel capable of doing. Yeah, that's a good point. I went through that too. I just want to be able to... I just want to be able to run around the playground. Right. Go for a bike ride without getting exhausted after doing the yard work or whatever. I I ran across the street today on a yellow light. Mm. And like... I know how to run. I know the, the physical mechanism of how to run. You know, I used to be really good at it. Um, but I do it now. And oof. It, that, that, that thing of watching an old man shuffle, <laughs> it felt a lot like that. It didn't look like that. It only looked like that to me in my head. But I dismissed that because yeah. it's not necessary. Um, but it's that thing where I don't feel as capable as I should. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I want. I want to be strong again. I want, not necessarily be fast again, but I want to be capable. Is there anything else, to somewhat like wrap up here, is there anything else that the 90-year-old you needs to start doing today to do better, choose better, be better, to feel capable, to be healthy with Brit, with your pets, and everything set up as you wish at at 90 so that because I see it now like around the world a lot of people are 90 year olds are like swimming and running and doing hiking some of them to be that like active person what is there something that you want to start doing so that that guy says thanks and says to you today like hey thanks for starting that so like I'm in a great spot you know it's funny I saw a reel on Instagram a couple days ago a, a guy who's 106 jumping off the back of a boat into the lake nice. at 106 and like awesome yeah. that's amazing yeah you know like like that guy like to be able to do that at that advanced in age like he's done some things right in his life to be able to make it there some of it is luck some of it is genetics but the fact of the matter is, is that he's a 106 year old man who's jumping into a lake off a boat yeah um I think a lot of this stuff, um, 
I've, I've laid a lot of the groundwork already in so much in my, my mental makeup and, and what I'm allowing to, to be the predominant thing in my head. I just need to start pushing myself a little bit harder, you know, making that plan, making the things go, and then, and then maintaining. Because that's the thing is that, I again, I've done the yo-yo with my weight as an adult. The hard part is, is the maintaining. You know, once the hard part is going to be losing it, but then the harder part is going to be maintaining. Because I like my beers. I like my bacon cheeseburgers. You know, and there's, there's, they're, they're, they're amazing. Um, but there's also part of me that, that wants to just be like a little lazy and lie around on the couch and, and watch a baseball game or watch a football game or watch a hockey game. Um, the, the thing that I, the, the consistency to maintain is the thing that I need to work on. So that 90 year old Adam is like, thank you for way back when choosing to be consistent with your diet, choosing to be consistent with your exercise. Um, the fact that I've rediscovered a love of carrots in the last two weeks is amazing. Mm-hmm. At 47. Like, like just, I, carrots, chopped, chopped carrots. They're, just raw. They're so sweet. They're, they're so tasty. Yeah. They're so good. And like, I couldn't have told you that that was something that I was ever going to discover. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, it just continue to learn, continue to progress, um, continue to allow myself to learn more about myself and to do the things that are going to make me happy later on. Yeah. Carrots with like a little bit of honey or maple syrup, uh, jalapeno peppers, cumin, nutmeg, mm-hmm. cinnamon, mm-hmm. cook that up like mm-hmm. in tinfoil on a barbecue or in the oven. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Sounds good. Unbelievable. Yeah. Sweet, spicy, like savory with the warming of the... If you're dropping into the zone two, yeah. you throw that, Yeah. that pulls you into zone three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, just sitting there with like a little Tupperware with some yeah. chopped up cucumbers and chopped up carrots yeah. and like some little, little grape tomatoes, just mm-hmm. sitting there just munching on snacks, like just like munching on veggies instead of like a granola bar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like little changes, Yeah. little changes. Yeah, it's great to hear about that 106-year-old. I used to still have been flirting with saying, I, I want to live, I'm going to live to 123. You're like, what? That's insane. But there's just something that's just a goal. I want to live till I'm 123. Nice, clean, crisp number. One, yeah. two, three. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, people are like, no, I wanna li- I'm going to live till 80, 81. I don't want to be... Um, laying in a bed but and the older you get and even though we go through just some really like tough times I think it's Belinda Carlisle uh, heaven is a place on earth correct Uh, it's just kind of speaking off the top of my head it's like in podcast number two I think it was where Talking about like being in that um, funeral home, like, and I, I get with the uh, stress of life, and and uh, you hear the like. I had a conversation yesterday with a, a, a new doctor. She's going through school, and she's on a rotation of uh, in the ICU. And there was a 36-year-old that got hit by a car and died yesterday. And four people now. She's like almost like. 
two to four people die on every shift. And it's so aggravating because then you're just dead in the ground. You're in that cold room on that cold plate with the Ikea sheet over you. Like, you're just... The, we don't know what's past here, yeah. you know? So heaven is a place on earth. Like, just live it to the fullest. And uh, I can see the challenges that we go through like we talked about 20s 30s 40s 50s like the, the but that dedication to like we know that there's more mm-hmm. i can see that in your face in your action with your career you built up from like you said from ground zero up to like a very prominent position and then now you're moving uh from from bc to alberta and maybe somewhere after that uh but just always choosing doing better you've already done that you've Mm -hmm. been doing that um it's great to see it's a great reminder the the conversation today i think has been awesome it's the longest one Uh, (laughs) but uh i really appreciate the openness uh i think we made a lot of great connections even like just like as we're talking like great connections tying things together using the concepts uh, love it. Yeah. Well, and I Simply think put. having having listened to every episode of the podcast, you know, because we're friends, and I want to support you. But then I started learning things, mm-hmm. and I started getting stuff out of the podcast, which I think is is I know it's not what you necessarily started it for, but I think I think that there's something to be said for the fact that you are putting some stuff out there into the world that can be helpful to people that are ready to have it in their lives and are receptive to it. Um, so it's been great um, and thanks so much for having me on and maybe we'll do it again sometime yeah for sure anytime um, any, anytime cool thank you and thanks for listening um, that is The Bottom Rock